Hello and good morning. Good morning. We are now on episode 72. Oh, I was going to get in there first. <laughs> <laughs> and we're freezing cold. Yes. Because I haven't put the fire on. Yeah, it's a cold morning and uh, we've had several technical challenges today, but we got through them. We did. <laughs> Persevered. Yeah. Um, and it was well worth it. Um, interviewed the superstar communicator, yes. not the superstar connector, which is what I'd originally thought that Susan did. <laughs> well, it was, yeah. Because yeah. we talk so much about connection that the word connection is always in my head. <laughs> yeah, that was slightly embarrassing at the point, beginning of the episode, but Susan was <laughs> awesome. So it was a great interview where Susan uh, shared her experience of and strategies to help people with how they communicate, how they get out there. So whether that be presenting on things like podcasts or whether it be in business and um, or to, to audiences and everything else. And it, what was fascinating was that Susan is a um, self-confessed introvert. Yes. And she, yeah, she's done all of these amazing things with, from being, singing on stage to th thousands of people and all sorts, all from the back of using a lot of these strategies. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's it's a kind of a fear the a feel the fear and do it anyway kind of mm -hmm. mindset, isn't it? That we all have these fears and challenges. But like we were saying on on yesterday's podcast, if you want to be in business, it's something that you need to get over and and kind of be your own champion, really, and uh, com communicate that. Well, in several episodes, we've talked about how you need to incorporate video yes. into your life yeah, and social media and for your business and everything else. And now more so than ever. Yeah. And so learning from people like Susan helps, mm. helps that a lot. So Oh, go on. Well, and in, in Susan's words, there is only one Susan Heaton Wright, as she said. Yes. So here she is. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Susan. Thank you for joining us this morning. That's my pleasure. <laughs> and Lovely to see the sunshine in the background. Yes. Well, it's, it's, it's bright. I wouldn't say it's sunny. <laughs> not, it's not quite no. managed it <laughs> this morning. But um, so you are the superstar connector, is that, that's right. Superstar communicator. Communicator, sorry, communicator. And what is that? Describe for our, our listeners and viewers exactly what, what that is. Superstar communicator is a methodology that I created. It's trademarked. Um, I identified the five key areas that I believe are essential for great communication particularly spoken communication, but it can be used for um, written communication as well. And they are audience, and you know, it's not just audience, I obviously go into much more depth, content, preparation, performance, and voice. Mm -hmm. And um, the type of training that I do, believe it or not, it's all virtual at the moment, are workshops and coaching around great communication and making sure that you make a positive impact in various business communication. Mm -hmm. And is that across all kind of industries and kind of small businesses as well as corporates or do you specialize in a, in a certain area? I tend to specialize in corporate. Um, it, it, you know, if I'm honest, it depends where the business goes, but I've done a lot in financial services professional services and I'm just starting with um, an Italian hospital where they are creating um, training, VR training mm 
okay that sounds which is very very exciting yeah and they're going to be pushing particularly to the third world Mm -hmm. wow well i love the fact that um that you're a guest on this show in such a timely fashion because only yesterday we were talking about social media platforms like instagram and um and other platforms for business owners to use in terms of marketing their service and so on and one of the one of the fundamental kind of i would say common things we talk about a lot is using video and communicating effectively and so on and it's a very intimidating thing for people to do in business because we used to find in um certainly in smiley booth photo booth hire that we would hide behind the business a little bit let the business do the work and the work stand for itself and the idea of being at the front especially as it grew for lots of reasons felt quite intimidating so and i'm sure you probably see that a lot absolutely you know digital marketing is essential and it's one of those things that many small businesses like my own have discovered since the pandemic started yes there can be a um tendency to put quote images or nice smiley images beautiful images and that's all very well yes we um we do resonate with images but there's something about bringing the human connection into um your marketing and doing a LinkedIn Live, a um, Facebook Live, Instagram, because you mentioned that Instagram Live or doing a little video of what you do, um, bring that human connection. And that's what we as human beings are craving at the moment Mm -hmm. because we're all, we have very limited opportunity to connect with with people. Podcasts as well, Mm -hmm. because you're hearing the human voice Mm -hmm. and I'm sure that's one of the reasons so many people are starting podcasts and great good luck. Yes. Yeah, and I think it's um, it's easy for people um, to think that, oh, that's for other people. Like, oh, they've obviously got the kind of personality that allows them to do that. Like, they love being on camera or they love talking to people and so on. And I think that's a mistake because it's a skill, right? Which obviously you've you've developed and now you teach and coach people around and and absolutely i mean you know i'm a classic introvert if you were to do all of those psychometric tests and yet i step up and do that and a lot of performers are actually introverts but they will switch it on for the cameras just to do that minute um but it, it is really about working out why you aren't prepared to do it. Are you frightened that you don't look very good on camera or that you might not remember what you're going to say or the feedback you've had isn't very positive? Um, And I would say, yeah, it's a learning curve. Like we said before this podcast started, (laughs) we're all on a journey with getting things better. And I look back at some of my videos and think, oh, my goodness. But... We're on a journey and I can show people, look, this is what I did and these might have been the mistakes and I hope you learn from that. But I would say that it is worthwhile working out what you're going to say beforehand because if you've got the video or the camera in front of you and then you say, oh my goodness. Yes. And that's when um, you can become really nervous. Well, that's when your heart starts going and your palms start sweating. (laughs) Yeah. 
absolutely. So I love the I love the fact that you keep using the word journey because that's very much what we're about is is um, entrepreneurs and small business owners enjoying the journey, um, accepting that you know things don't always go to plan and that you kind of learn along the way. Um, how did you get into this? What what's your journey? Where where did this all start? I've got quite a checkered journey when it comes to this sort of thing. Originally, I was, um, when I was at university, I studied geography. I wanted to see the world. I wanted to be an explorer. And in the 1980s, as a female, no mobile phones, the best way to do that was through teaching in different countries, mm-hmm. which I started to do. Um, so I t- taught in India, um, in Ladakh, which is in the um, Himalayas and in Kenya. Unfortunately, I had to come back um, because I had a very serious car accident and for obviously for treatment over here. Um, But then my voice, my singing voice was discovered by a conductor and I retrained and was a jobbing opera singer. Um, I sang internationally for a number of years. But when I had my son, he... um, you know, nothing against him, he's 21 now, but it's quite difficult to combine that, that sort of work. And um, when he went to school, people were saying to me, how is it that you can project your voice, you look so confident, Um, all of those things. And I realised that there was a need for that from people outside the opera world. And initially I trained teachers and university lecturers in vocal health and impact and then decided to as Nick got older to develop the um this business far more Mm -hmm. yeah wonderful and I think it's um it's the biggest hurdle for um for business owners and people that are startups and so on in, in that they um for every aspect of business, whether that is networking, whether that is making sales, whether that is communicating with their staff, or any of those things, if the if they are timid, and you 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 were saying that yeah. the other day on an episode where you were saying being meek and quiet, this isn't really the place no. if you're in business. You have to you have to learn the skills and the strategies to push yourself out of that comfort zone and also. Do it in a way that's effective by having people like yourself show you, right, this is how you can do it. And and that's the thing. It's There are methods, right, with all of these things. Absolutely. And and I, I think it's interesting that you say meek and quiet. Naturally, that's the sort of person, personality that I have, that I have. But I put a hat on, not to be aggressive and forthright and things like that, but in order to get my message across, um, my business um, message across, I need to be effective at that. And that's not being the loudest person in the room or the most aggressive, but one that's very targeted and will resonate with my audience. Yes. What would you say is, through through your experience over the years and all the people you've coached and helped in this in this particular field, what would you say is the most common thing that kind of trips people up? Is there a common thing? Is there a thing where you go, oh, oh gosh, I've seen this so many times? And There are a number, number of things, but I would say that fear is a big one there. 
Um, and I, I've worked quite a lot myself on managing my fear. I mean, you know, I went from quiet schoolgirl to eventually singing in front of 3,000 people with a big orchestra as a soloist. Wow. That's quite a journey from, from fear. Plus, push in all of the trauma from the car accident that I had, you know. Um, and so I'm in a place, really, and I've walked the talk to be able to see that there are some things that you can do to manage your fear. Now, I mentioned earlier, one of the things was to know what you're going to say. That, more than anything else, is something that people trip up on. Mm -hmm. Whether it is the Monday morning meeting that you have with your team, which will be virtual at the moment, through to, um, I'm going to be doing a presentation. And quite often, people will faff around thinking about the slides rather than, what am I actually going to say? What I, I've got to nail what I'm going to say, the start, the end, um, the content, and then they get very nervous and procrastinate, try and avoid the fear. Mm -hmm. And would you agree that uh, it's, and we might be in an illusion at the moment, we might be in a bit of a bubble, but our perspective has always been that people are far more, in the main, people are far more forgiving than you think they're going to be. It's okay to stumble. It's okay to, to perhaps lose your way or or go off on a tangent people don't mind that in a presentation piece or something as long as it's authentic not, and real authentic yeah. and real and not too far away from your core message would you agree with that or would you say that we're kind of completely wrong it depends on the context right. um and certainly in a virtual world, we only have a limited uh, attention span. Mm. So if you go into too much detail or you go off the main, the main topic, you are likely to lose your audience. And likewise, we are all time uh, short. And if there is a 30-minute presentation and half of it is irrelevant to you, yeah. even in a face-to-face -face context, people are going to switch off. They're going to grab their phones. They, you know, the eyes are going to um, circle. So I would say that it is really, really worthwhile thinking about your audience, but also thinking about your topic. And if you have to go off on a tangent, maybe to use a story or a case study to illustrate your point rather than just something random. Yes, absolutely. I, I actually used to have the opposite problem because I, I really didn't like camera or, or any kind of um, speaking in front of lots of people, even to the point where if I'm with a group of friends and I'm kind of telling a story and everybody starts looking at you and because only because they're yeah. listening, uh, I, that used to freak me out. But I, Your adrenaline would kick in. Yeah, absolutely. But I've, I've become more confident than that. But to mitigate that originally, I used to learn what I was going to say verbatim, which was actually yeah. worse because I became very kind of robotic. And if I kind of forgot where I was, then obviously the panic set in. So I've kind yeah. of learned more of a kind of combination. I know what I'm going to say in terms of bullet points, but not too rigidly anymore so that my, my personality can come through a bit and I can relax a little bit. That, that's a really interesting point. And getting back to when, when I was a performer, we, of course, had to learn all of the words. But then we learned the context of where that was taking place right. so that you became in the moment. So you know what you're going to say, but actually you're in the moment and you are literally having a conversation with someone else and pushing that little voice, that little fear, you know, that little <laughs> voice we all have 
pushing that away so that it is a proper one-to-one conversational with a, a bigger number of people. Yes, absolutely. And would you say, because um, before we started recording today, you, you said you're going to be doing a, a talk later. So you, you virtually you still talk to one to many, as it were, rather than just kind of one to one. Would you say from from your previous life on the stage, one is easier than the other? Because obviously on the stage, you can see everybody. You can kind of look at what who you're communicating with. Whereas virtually, I mean, in this situation, we can see each other. But if you're one to many, a lot of the time you can't see that. So is, is there a different way of handling it now with everything being virtual? You know, that's a, that's an interesting question, because when you're on the stage, you have a lot of lighting. So you can probably only see the first or second row, but mm-hmm. you can hear them. Mm-hmm. You might be able to smell, smell them. If it's the first <laughs> night, there's always very posh perfume. That's a real thing about <laughs> that's a real thing about about <laughs> opera isn't that bizarre you know oh it's first night posh posh perfume <laughs> uh, but you can hear them they respond and the audience is a really really important part of any conversation whether it's one-to-one or one-to-many so you know I can see you nodding and you are interjecting asking me asking me questions so I know that you are with me, you mm-hmm. are showing that, and actually it's a two-way conversation. For one of many, um, in, in a virtual setting, what I have been doing is to make sure that they there is an opportunity for people to chat. Mm-hmm. Um, I use polls, I use various things to try and um, get the audience to participate. That shows me that they're with me, that they're listening, that they're engaged. But also it means that they feel that they're not just sitting there. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise it, they, they might as well be listening to the radio or a podcast, which is one way. Yes. So I would think, of, I would consider ways of almost checking that your audience are with you every few minutes. Also asking them to switch on their videos. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that um, I, re- I really like the fact that you kind of embraced the fear a little bit and moved forward because the it's uh, we were talking about the fact that some of the biggest, most successful people on the planet are clearly introverts, but they put themselves out there all the time. And we mentioned Elon Musk. I mean, if there's a gentleman that clearly has introvert characteristics it's him right it's, it's, the conversation be, be quite stilted with him and he's very he thinks a lot before he responds and you can see as a in a lot of the interviewers have to be very patient mm-hmm. when they ask questions and so on but he's constantly putting himself out there in those obviously quite awkward situations for him and I suppose in some way, shape or form, the more you do that, the smaller the fear becomes, right? Because you realise that the consequence is never as big as you imagine it to be. Absolutely. Um, One of the things that I have is I have a success um, journal. And, you know, thinking about a journal and and to record how well I got on. Now, I self-evaluate and use a technique that sports scientists use with... Um, Olympic sports people that then was introduced for um, musicians because 
typically we focus on what we've got wrong rather than celebrating what you've got right as well yes and so whenever I get feedback from somebody else I put it in there I I think of three things that went well and perhaps one thing that might think about for next time to to progress and in those moments when I feel really really worried or frightened I go back to that journal and I read through some of those things and it just reinforces that I'm still here guess what no one died from public speaking or making a mistake on a video believe me that's so true and but the fear I mean we we had this at the very beginning of doing our podcast um we we made the commitment to do the podcast daily and when we first made that commitment, it was intimidating in of itself because we'd never done anything like that. Yeah. And that was just the audio version. And then by episode three, I'd said, right, we're doing the video as well. <laughs> and we start, we, we did the first recording of our video on episode three. And you can see the discomfort in, on both, in both of us where we are just literally barely looking at the camera and just completely intimidated by it. Well, I but, don't think I looked at the camera until like episode 20 or something. Yeah, or something like that. And even then, we're not great at it. But you're right, that nobody died. And nobody's, and we haven't had a massive backlash from people that go, oh my goodness, you guys should never go on camera ever in your lives. But in your mind, you think that's going to be the consequence, right? You think, oh, I'm going to be just this laughing stock and whatever it is. It's interesting. I'm, I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist or psychiatrist. Um, but I have studied neuroscience and one of the things about fear is that it's often that little voice that is your ego. Yes. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I work with people on is um, trying to calm that ego, that, that little voice down. And those little things like, oh, you're going to look awful on, on camera or nobody's going to listen to you. All of those things. Yeah, you're ready. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've all had them. <laughs> If you start thinking about focusing on your audience and how you can serve them, and I've got some great content, and actually I'm doing this because I want to be better at this mm. and um, really, really help other small businesses. When you start focusing on the audience, that little voice starts to get quiet and bored, <laughs> and it will think, oh, all right, I'll go away. <laughs> yes. I think that's really good advice because I, I, I was quite surprised at how many people feel this way because we, we've got lots of friends in business and when we first started the podcast, you know, we reached out to other small business friends that we thought we'd get on to as the first few guests and so many of them were like, oh God, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> and we were really surprised because they we think they're confident people and they've got a great story. But yeah, loads of people were like, no, no, I'm not going on a podcast, I'm not going on video. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, from my journey, I've been podcasting for seven years now. And, you know, if you listen to the first one, oh, but I keep them up for that very reason that mm. if anyone says, well, it's all right for you, you're, I say, you, you know, have a listen. But I procrastinated and I, looking back, it was fear. And it was mm. those very things. Oh, no one will listen. I'll make a mistake. And it's work in progress. Yes. So if from listening to this episode, uh, there, there'll be, I know that I can think of the top of my head, several of the people that listen to this who have reached out to us in the past who will be 
listening to this now, right, going, yep, completely get it. I'm exactly in that position. Um, let's say they reach out to yourself. What are the steps that they go through with yourself? What are the, what's the journey that if they reach out as business owners or they, they perhaps run a medium-sized company or something, they've got teams that they want to like, kind of raise the game on this. How, what's the journey they go through with yourself and how do they go through that? Well, we always use the Superstar Communicator methodology, um, you, you, all of those five areas. If I were working with the team, I would get them to do a survey, a confidential one with me beforehand, just so I could gauge what was going on with individuals. And I asked them what they're fearful of, what's gone well, have they had feedback, was there a nightmare situation that happened? And it soon becomes apparent what, what the challenges are and what they want to get out of training. And then we think about who are they talking to? And if you know who you're talking to, you can then start creating content or things that will resonate for them. So if you are mainly talking to people who are older, it might not be that Instagram would be the best platform for you. Mm -hmm. If it's um, if it's professional people, it's likely that you will need to do more work on LinkedIn. For example, it, um, because we can't be face to face, it might be with some people that sending a letter or a card through the post might be a real game changer. Mm -hmm. Then we talk about the content and there are various techniques that I have for making sure that any communication that you have is very compelling and focused, not in your face, but um, that it resonates with the audience of whom you already know who they are. Mm -hmm. Then pre preparation included includes practice, but also the whole fear thing. Mm -hmm. um, sorry, going back to audience, there's listening in with that as well, because it, so often we think of speaking, we're doing this without considering what the audience is, is thinking and listening to them. And yes. any conversation is two-way. And that's something that a lot of people forget. Then there's the performance side, which I'm not talking about jazz hands, <laughs> but I'm talking about, you know, we're all different, but finding that, that authentic performance in individuals. And then the voice is not singing. It, I believe that um, we should speak so it's as easy as possible for other people to listen to us. Mm -hmm. So if you mumble, if you speak too fast, if you've got a very strong accent mm -hmm. or um, if, it, you know, quite often, um, and, and I studied in Italy, so I see this from the other way around. When you're speaking your non-native tongue, you're not doing playing you're not speaking the rhythm of the yes. language. Mm -hmm. And the English language is quite an odd language for the rhythm. Mm -hmm. There are perhaps two words that we emphasize in a sentence and the others we let go. And we have pauses between sentences. But if you think of Italian, it's, yes. it's why it's, you know, it's, yeah, it, it's very legato. <laughs> it, it's a completely different dance. and. If, if we can get that rhythm as well, that helps um, listeners to be able to take in what you're saying without switching off. Yes. I, I like what you said about the listening aspect as well, especially from yes. my experience in terms of 
presenting stuff. So I remember we, with franchisees, we would regularly get the franchisees together for Smiley Booth, Photo Booth Hire. And Kate and I's view of those meetings would be, okay, we, we're only together for a short space of time, so we want to get as much information and as much value to these people as possible so that they walk out with with a really clear idea as to what's going on. And and you'd often see that there was a... We wouldn't be asking too much in the way of feedback from them. It'd be yeah. like, right, the way you do this is this, 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 this. And then we do this, 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 this. And you'd see that that might work for the first 10, 20 minutes. And then they'd be like, glaze over. And, yeah, yeah. And uh, listening to what you're saying now, it's like I can clearly see that we weren't asking them to contribute back we yeah. were too much like this is everything and that i think that's where we failed them in that communication yeah we were overwhelming them mm. but you know we you learn from that mm-hmm. and oh. i'm sure that um after this conversation you'll think well how can i create something where they can ask me things or yes. i can listen to them is there a feedback form could they you do a questionnaire beforehand? Yeah. What do you what are your three top things that you want to ask us this time? Yes. Yeah. All things like that would um it would help them feel more valued and engaged in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Well it's also and that's applicable with sales. And I'm right? sure the content that you're sharing. Oh sorry. <laughs> sorry, what did you say? Sorry, a slight lag there, but I was saying I think it's the um it's exactly the same principle in sales communications and everything when you're trying to talk to a lead or convert a sale and whatnot. It's it should never be all you. It should be in fact we talk a lot about fact finding and everything else and getting them to talk back to you. It's exactly the yes. same principle, isn't it? Yeah. So that's very much the the, the audience side, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm. So, you know, finding out as much as you can about them. Mm. People feel like they, people want to be heard at the end of the day. Um, of course they do. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They want to feel valued and particularly customers and franchise is what I would put in, in client. Yeah. Yes. They're clients of yours, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I like what you said about performance as well, because I think a lot of um, speaking, even if you're, you're not, performing on a, on a stage which of course nobody is at the moment um is, is about um you know uh, body language and posture and how just by kind of sitting up straight or standing up straight um, you can feel so much more confident and you know project your voice as I'm sure obviously you do with with the opera um but yeah a, a lot of it is kind of how you hold yourself absolutely and it was Shakespeare that said all the world's a stage and everyone's a player. (laughs) Absolutely. We are performing all the time, whether we like it or not. And other people are taking in, they are making assessments of us based on our performance, based on our body language, based on our vocal tone, Mm -hmm. as to whether we're senior, as to whether we're confident, as to whether we're competent. Yes. Mm. And so, without getting too paranoid and trying to be something that we're not it is worthwhile being aware that this can make a real impact in any conversation Mm. yeah absolutely definitely food for thought so um your podcast you've been doing that for for seven years as you said that was quite early in the in the days of podcasting so what very very early um you know in the united states they were already doing it and I think I, I don't know if you've heard of 
Carrie Green. She is the fe um, female entrepreneur. Yes. And I was a member of her group early on mm -hmm. before she had kids. Mm -hmm. And she had a guest on from the United States talking about podcasts. And I thought, for what I do, yes, this was ideal content. And mm -hmm. um, the only problem was that in the United Kingdom at the time, not many people listen, people listen to podcasts. Yes. Now, which is fantastic, everybody's doing a podcast. And it's, you know, it's wonderful. But... Um, you know, that there weren't any guides as to how to set it up, all of the tech side. And looking back, I think that I procrastinated because of the tech thinking, oh, I'll not be able to do that. Yeah. Um, but eventually I thought, you know, I recognised that I was doing this and just got going on it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that that's, um, we consumed a lot of podcasts for a long time. Mm -hmm. And um, there's, there's something quite magical I think about the podcast experience in the ability to have a proper conversation with people like yourself experts in your field with all of this experience and knowledge and I, I can't honestly think of another medium that allows you to connect and have a proper conversation with somebody outside of podcasting mm. and I think that's one of the reasons especially in this you've mentioned it a couple of times on this episode where you said this human need to connect. Yeah. And podcasting yeah. satisfies that so well, right? Absolutely. And, and you know, I have always uh, approached the podcast where I've got guests um, that it's a third person listening in. Yes. Yeah on a conversation mm -hmm. unfortunately there are some podcasts i'm sure that there are podcasts you've listened to where you feel that it is the private conversation between two people that know each other very well and they've got in jokes and things like that mm. and you just think well you, you know this isn't for me i don't i don't feel included yeah so um if for any podcaster at podcasters out there remember that there is the audience and they they want to be involved they want to be able to listen and not feel that it's a sort of secret conversation between mm. two people yeah and i think the um the other thing is to understand that the obsession around trying to get things perfect before you do your first podcast episode yes. whether that be equipment or platforms or whatever else is it should be that that's that's just fear again isn't it it should be just get them out there and, and learn how to create content and and that delivers value to your uh, audience, right? Uh, oh, I'm so pleased you say that. Do you know, daily I'm getting pitches from um, podcast producers and technical people who obviously wanting work, can, you know. Um, and the fact is that that's, dare I say it, that's not the most important thing for me. Yeah. And with my budget at the moment, mm -hmm. you know, there are other things that I need to spend my money on. And I'm not a radio station. I'm not the BBC. Yeah. And um, so it's not going to be perfect yeah. in the same way as a podcast that the BBC produces. Yes. And I have a suspicion that you approach it the same way as me. I have a conversation with somebody and I hardly edit it. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. It's in real time. Mm -hmm. It's as though you're going into a room and you listen yeah. to the conversation rather than these heavily edited 
ones that and it becomes obvious yes. because you can you can hear with the tone of voice that the flow has changed yeah and it's sorry it's, yeah, the, it's the um to me or to us it's the conversation that's important and you know when we get guest requests from people um and you know as you know we have a little form that obviously tells us a bit more about the guest and we only invite people on that we feel we can have a conversation with so even if yeah. somebody on paper is you know fascinating for various things if it doesn't kind of resonate what we we feel that we can explore with them then then we won't kind of go ahead with a guest even if they're you know got thousands of followers themselves or something like yeah. that it's it's all about the actual conversation that you can have well yeah because there's the because what you said earlier about there's we're, we're having a conversation but there's a th it's like there's a third person in the room I, my well our vision has always been I want that third person because we do have a vision as to who that is, you know, yeah. and you want that third yeah. person to yeah. walk away and go, I enjoyed that, but I also learned something or I felt like I, in some way, shape or form, I'm better for it. It's yes. not. And, and that's what's that's certainly what's really important to us. And our, our philosophy is we can have the best mics in the world and the best computer systems in the world to create the most perfect audio. But if that third person in the room walks away thinking well it was all right I didn't really get anything out of it then we've we've lost yeah that, that, that's our view no I I think I feel that you're right with that um you know there, there are people now who very well meaning and probably very um very skilled who are doing podcast launch courses yeah, yeah I've seen them yeah mm -hmm. yeah and and book there you know four five hundred pounds but there is nothing about the audience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There is nothing really about the content and how, how to make it really compelling for your audience. Mm -hmm. It's all about trying to get to number one yeah. on the iTunes listing. Um, and I think that's a real shame. It is. Yeah, I, I was actually listening to a, a podcast the other day um, who was interviewing somebody about podcasting, like, like similar to what we're talking about now. And he was a, he's a very experienced podcaster. He's, he's been involved with some really top shows. Um, and they asked him, you know, what's your number one to get people to do? And he said, everyone thinks their show's fantastic and their content's fantastic. And, he, and he's like, and it's not. He said, it, it needs to be really good content. That needs to be the first thing you think about to the point when he, he used an example of um, a friend of his was supposed to meet him for dinner. Um, but it was when Game of Thrones was on at the time and they actually cancelled dinner because they wanted to watch this Game of Thrones episode. And so he said, your podcast needs to be that good that somebody would actually cancel meeting a friend to come and listen to you. And I thought that was really interesting because it was all about the content. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, certainly it's something that, that I'm working on. I, I feel that's something that I need to work harder on the... Uh, possibly the intro because i find that um podcast guests will send a two-page resume and yeah. and so i'm i'm changing that and I, i'm i'm not reading through all of that where i could lose the audience that yes. i'm going straight in there a little bit more now yes i think yeah. it's um also easier if you've got um I mean, we're so new on this. I mean, we, we've only been doing this for such a short space of time. So to, to have the pleasure of speaking to somebody like yourself who's been doing it for seven years, which in podcasting terms is a lifetime. <laughs> um, but um, I, I, I think things become a lot easier when you have a person in mind 
and you realize that you have a story. It's like in business, in anything in business, when you realize that if you keep it authentic and you have a story that you want to communicate and you have a clear audience in your, in your mind, because let's face it, when you start out, you're just shouting into an empty room. But in your oh, yeah. mind, you have that ideal ideal person. And then you just curate. That's how we approach it, yeah. isn't it? And yes, we have no experience. I, I, <laughs> I've been really, really clear about the type of, um, the, the type of guests that I want on. Mm-hmm. Because, as you can imagine, because I'm in the speaking world, there are lots of people that want to come on. Mm-hmm. But... And, you know, for their own purpose. And and that's absolutely fine. And I daily I get get uh, pictures from people and um, some of some of them are just not right for my podcast. Yes. And I I often think, have you actually listened to the podcast? Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm conscious that we uh, Thanks to our own technical delays, we um, we we overran slightly the starting at this for you. So, before we we let you go, because I know that you've got your podcast stuff coming up shortly. What would you say to our listeners and our audience? What would be the one thing or the things that you would want them to go away with uh, from listening to you speak on this episode? Oh, there are so many, aren't there? <laughs> um, I would say think about your audience and how you can create a two-way conversation rather than you talking at people. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you're listening to them. And no one died (laughs) from going on video. (laughs) That fear that you have, that little voice, is something that you need to try and push away and be brave and step up and have a go because you won't die from it. Absolutely. Brilliant. Um, and where can people find you? What, what's your podcast and where can people find all, out more about you? Yeah, my, um, my company is Superstar Communicator and my website is superstarcommunicator.com. Mm-hmm. The podcast is the same name. It's on all of the different um, platforms, Superstar Communicator. And I'm always happy to connect with people on LinkedIn. There's only one Susan Heaton Wright. <laughs> That's a, that's a good line to finish with. And I, actually, <laughs> and I, I actually have a lead magnet. So, you, you know, if, if anybody wants 10 top tips to being a superstar communicator, I'll send over the, the link for that. Oh, perfect. We'll add that to the show notes and as well so that anybody Super. listening can uh, can download that. Well, thank you for joining us and especially with the, the delays at the beginning and uh, good luck with your, your next talk. <laughs> And thank you very much for having me. I, it's just made my morning. It's Aww. been lovely talking to you and hearing about your podcast journey. And good luck. Yes, thank yes. you. Uh, as it's still still new, but we're getting there day by day. I, yeah, I think the key thing is we're enjoying yeah. it. We yes. we actually do thoroughly enjoy it, and that's what's keeping us doing it. So yeah, very much so. Brilliant. Right. Oh well, good luck with that. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you.